book of Isaiah, chapter 43. And I'm reading from verse 14. Isaiah 43 and reading from verse 14. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they they lay bare there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland. To give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. I've been thinking over the last few uh, Sunday mornings at Lum about uh, <clears throat> moving forward. Uh, in response to the uh, survey, where we asked these three questions about what we do well, what we could do better, and uh, what we don't do, and uh, we'll be uh, reporting back to the church meeting uh, later on this afternoon, some of the results of that survey. And in response to that, we've been doing a series, picking up some of the, the themes and ideas that were raised in the course of that survey. We looked at uh, evangelism, sharing Christ in a Christless culture in Acts 17, and we considered Paul's motivation, Paul's method and Paul's message. And then we were thinking about the church and reminding ourselves that it was Jesus who was going to build the church. And we said the church needs to be Jesus-centered, it needs to be community-orientated, and it needs to be mission-focused. And then we were thinking about God and time, and we recognized that God uh, operates in a different time zone, God's time and not ours. We recognized that God has a different way of time-keeping, God's speed and not ours. And we recognise that God has a different timetable. And we said it was about God's day and not ours. And uh, this morning, as we conclude this series about moving forward, uh, we're thinking about this idea that God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Forget the former things. Forget the former things. And that's the first thing I want to talk to you about. Uh, forget the former. I don't know about you, but as you, as you get on in life and as you get older, uh, there comes a day when you suddenly have this realisation that you have more years behind you than you do in front of you. Anybody else reach that stage in life? Uh, it's, it's quite new to me. 
Well, newish, newish. We're thinking about new things. It's, well, it's, it kind of dawned on me, you know, that uh, I've not got another 55 years on, on this planet. Uh, and and the, the point I want to make is the fact that we've got more behind us than we have in front of us uh, means that we tend to kind of be always looking backwards. Do you ever find that, that you... Uh, uh, you're looking backwards and you're thinking about things that have happened and you're thinking about uh, decisions that you've made and uh, sometimes you like to be able to go back and, and do things differently and you you kind of think about over these things and they, they, they come into your mind all the time. And uh, don't look back, you're not going that way. You see, the thing about moving forward is we can only move forward, we can't go back. We can't go back. And, and very often in, in, in church, there's a sense in which there's almost a feeling that people would like to go back to how it was. Uh, because we have long memories when it comes to church. And uh, many of you will be able to remember times when church seemed fuller and, uh, and it seemed that, that things were happening. And uh, this is the, the world that we live in now, where... We're constantly being reminded that less and less people seem to be interested in, in church, in, in, in God. And uh, there's a sense in which we, we might long for uh, what we perceive to be a, a glorious past. Although the thing about the past is we tend to look back at the past through rose-tinted spectacles. And we tend to remember uh, the good things and maybe not some of the not-so-good things. Are you always looking back? Well, in this passage, uh, it's interesting that, that God says, forget the former, because he's just been speaking about one of the, the greatest events in Israel's history. Uh, when, uh, when Moses led the people out of Egypt, and uh, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. He's just been speaking about uh, Israel's Great salvation moments when God rescued them. And then he says, forget the former. Well, I don't think he means forget as in wiping out the memory. I don't think he means forget as in, you know, clean the slate and imagine it never happened. Because, you know, uh, big events in our lives, we, we can't just forget them. But I think what he means when he says, forget the former... I think God is talking about not dwelling on the past. Not limiting God to what he did in the past. As human beings, we tend to look for patterns, don't we? And systems. And we think, oh, hang on a sec, this is how God works in the past. So this is how God works. And if we're not careful, we can limit God to what he's done in the past. And in this passage, we're thinking about God is wanting to say that he's doing a new thing. But if we're looking for the thing that God's always done, because we're rooted in the past, we might miss the new thing that God's wanting to do. Do not dwell on the past. And of course, some people get stuck in the past. And sometimes the church is actually accused of being uh, an organisation that is stuck in the past. Uh, I go into school from time to time and uh, I can't help but notice uh, they don't do school like they did when I was uh, at school. It's just completely different. Uh, everything's changed. The, 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 the way that they sit in, in the classrooms isn't even the same. 
You know, who can remember those sitting behind those desks with, I mean, we still had inkwells, although I'm not that old that we used to have ink in the inkwells, but there were still holes in the desk for the ink uh, things to go in. And we sat in neat rows. And uh, the the teachers used to seem to write endlessly on the on the blackboard, and we seemed to have to copy what they were writing on the blackboard in our books. And you had to write fast because then they rubbed it all out and started writing something else. Uh, Friends, schools don't work like that anymore. They've, they've completely changed. But when people come into church, there's a kind of a, a kind of feeling that, that, that this is how things have been for a, a long time. And, and basically, we've not really moved with the times. Are we stuck in the past? And it's not just uh, being stuck in the past. Uh, Lynn Green, uh, in, the, in this uh, latest issue of Together, she says, we need a mindset transition. We struggle in transition when we invest too much emotional value in the ways we have always done it and fail to see beyond those ways that have served as well to fresh ways that will embody our commitment to Christ in the present. And... In that, I think we need to recognise that there are things that have served as well. There are things in the way that we've done it that have served as well in the past. But the reality is they don't serve us quite as well in the present and they certainly won't serve us in the future. And so, are we stuck in the past? We can get stuck in the past in all sorts of ways. Some of us uh, were here last night watching a remarkable film, The, The Shack, and uh, at the heart of the story of the shack is is this guy who's who's stuck. He can't move forward because of a terrible tragedy that's happened in his life, and he is stuck. He can't move on. And part of the story is he he meets with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they help him not to forget the terrible thing that has happened, but to show him how to move forward. Uh, with that tragedy, without it holding him back. And so often people get stuck uh, because of things that have happened in their lives, because of things that, that are happening. And uh, in the book it says, pain has a way of clipping our wings and keeping us from being able to fly. And if left unresolved, you can almost forget that you were ever created to fly in the first place. So, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. You know you are on the right track when you become uninterested in looking back. If we're always saying, oh, do you, do you remember when, when this? Do you remember that? Do you remember? And there's nothing wrong with, with remembering and, and celebrating uh, wonderful things that are happening in, in the past. But if the danger is that we think our best days are in the past, it will affect how we face the present and the future. So... Forget the former. It's not easy to do. Uh, because as, as human beings, we do like to hang on to... Do you hang on to things? Do you hang on to things? You know, if you walk into my office, you'll know that I hang on to all sorts of, all sorts of rubbish, really. Uh, you know, we, we do have a tendency to hang on. Don't throw, I mean, jumpers, uh, you know, how many of us, how many of us have rescued things from the bin that people have tried to throw away? And we want to hang on to it, even though it's worn out or well past its best. We hang on. And there's a tendency for us to do that in church, isn't it? We, we struggle to let go of things. 
there's almost a fear, isn't there, of, of letting go of things of the past because it unsettles us. And, and the whole thing about transition, the whole thing about trying something new, it's unsettling, isn't it? Um, but this is what we are called to do. Forget the former. And then I want to talk about focus on the Father. Forget the former, focus on the Father. Forget the former, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And notice who's doing this new thing. I am. It's God that's doing the new thing. That's why we've got to focus on the Father, to focus on God. Because it's God that's doing the new thing. We can come up with a 101 new things to do. Uh, there's loads of ideas on, on the boards outs, outside of new things. We're not short of new ideas. But what we are perhaps short on is recognising God's new thing. Being able to distinguish between, you know, what's just a, an idea that we've come up with and what is a God idea. There's a difference between a good idea and a God idea. I am doing a new thing. Focus on the Father. Focus on what God is doing because God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And you might be sat there thinking, well, actually, Richard, I, I don't see it. I can't see this new thing that God is doing. I don't perceive it. And part of our job as followers of Jesus Christ is to be able to perceive what God is doing. To be able to recognise what God is about and what he is doing. Francis Chan says, God, interrupt whatever we are doing so that we can join you in what you are doing. Sometimes in, in, in churches, we can be busy. We can, we can wear people out. But sometimes the, the reality is we're in danger of busy, being busy doing nothing. And being so busy that we actually miss the thing that God is wanting to do. See, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? Focus on the Father. Focus on what God is doing. Look to see what God is doing in our lives, in the life of the church, in the world that we live in. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it hasn't started. Just because you and I don't see what God is doing doesn't mean that God is not at work doing something new. Just because you and I might have missed it doesn't mean that God is doing a new thing. Uh, God doesn't rely on us being, uh, being able to see what he's doing for him to do it. God is at work and he's doing something new, uh, even if we don't perceive it. See, I'm doing a new thing now. It, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Now it springs up. It's a little bit like when you, 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 know, you, you plant a, a seed in the earth and uh, have you ever done that with kids and you, you put a, a seed in a, a little pot and you, you water it and, and kids, you know, they get, nothing, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. They go look at it every day and there's nothing happening as far as they're concerned. Oh, throw it away, nothing's happening, you know what I mean? And there's that, 
lack of patience to be able to understand that something's happening that we can't see because it's happening under the soil. And there will be a point, where, of course, where where it springs into life and we'll be able to see it. And there's a sense in which that's what it's like with what God is doing. Sometimes we can't see what God is doing because it isn't visible to us at this moment in time. But it doesn't mean that God isn't at work. It doesn't mean that at one time we'll be able to see it springing forward. Do you not perceive it? Well, maybe we don't. We're not told what this new thing is. A little bit frustrating, isn't it? You know. Hey, I'm doing something new. What is it? Not going to tell you. And there's a sense in which it's, it's, it's a little bit like that. And God doesn't tell us what the new thing is because, because you see, if God tells us, we'd probably want to run ahead and, and we'd probably think that we had a better way of doing it than God, which is quite funny really, isn't it? But, uh, but that's how we are as human beings, isn't it? We always think that, that our way is the best way and anybody else's way isn't quite as good as the way that we do it. Uh, but God is up to something new. And the reality is often we don't perceive it. Often we don't see it. And that's why our job is is to look and to focus on God. And if we want to see what God is doing, the way we do it is by focusing on God. By reading his word. By meeting together to pray. By listening to God. Sometimes we, it was interesting last week, wasn't it, when we were doing the remembrance service and we were focusing on silence. And uh, it certainly struck me that we don't we, we don't make lots of room certainly on a, a Sunday morning, but other times in the week, actually, for God to speak into our situation, we quickly fill in the spaces with our own words, even our own prayers or Bible readings. But we don't we're not very good at actually waiting on God and listening, because we're like the child with a plant pot. Uh, we get a little bit fed up, don't we? Because we look and we think, oh, nothing happening. So I'll make something happen, I'll, I'll bring some words in, because God seems a little bit slow. And of course, a few weeks we were thinking about God's timing and, and not misunderstanding his slowness for him not doing anything. So, we're not told what this new thing is, but it is our job to work it out. And that's part of what being a Christian, that's part of what being a church is about, working out what it is that God is doing, and then joining in with what he's doing rather than us doing something and as an afterthought asking God to join in with us. It's the other way around. So, see I'm doing a new thing, now it springs up, do you not perceive it? There's time for new possibilities. Time for new possibilities. Are we open to the new thing that God may want to do? Are we actually open to the new thing that God may want to do in us as individuals but also in us as a church in us as a community in us as a group of churches working together are we actually open to the new thing that God wants us to do or do we prefer the old thing I've seen that t-shirt that's people by you know old, old guys and Old guys are best, or whatever it is, and it's it's this idea, isn't it, that uh, the old ways are much better. It's and and we say that in so many t- so 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 many areas of our life. Oh, it was much better then, wasn't it? Much better when we had Alex Ferguson. It was much better, you know. It was much better, and, and we look back, don't we? And we say, oh, it was much better then. And whilst we're doing that, we're not open to the new thing that God is doing because we're we're so occupied 
with the, the thing that was much better in the past? Are we open to the new thing that God may want to do? Focus on the Father. Look to God. If we want to see this new thing. And then it's about faith in the future. Have you got faith in the future? We're living, we're living in a world that, that is very unsettled and uncertain about the future. You know, Brexit, Trump, uh, North Korea. Uh, you know, what, what does the future hold? And there's uncertainty, there's a concern, there's worry about the future. But you see, we can have faith in the future. We can have faith in the future because our trust is in God. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing, now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And again, notice it's, it's I am, it's that I am again. It's I am making a way. And so often the truth is, we want to make the way, don't we? We want to, 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 to plough the way and we say, come on, this is what we're doing, this is where we're going. And again, God says, I'm going to make a way. And God makes a way. Uh, and that's why we can have faith in the future. Because our faith is in, is in God and not in our own circumstances, not in the circumstances we find ourselves, not in the circumstances of this world. Our faith in the future is because our future is wrapped up in God. I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. God opens up the way where there is none. You don't normally find streams of water in a desert, in a wasteland. And God says, but I'm going to make a way. And it may be that in this whole process that we're, we're going through, uh, of thinking about how we move forward, uh, maybe one of the blockages is that, is that we can't see the way. We can't imagine a future that is brighter and better than what has gone before. And I sense that God is saying, I'm going to make a way, perhaps where you can't see a way. Because I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to do something new. Faith in the future. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. So are we up for this new thing that God is wanting to do as we move forward? Have we got faith in a future? Are we prepared to put our faith in God and not in ourselves? So, moving forward, it's about forgetting the former. And remember, that's not about dismissing the past or pretending the past didn't happen and not recognising that there are very significant things in the past that maybe still affect us today. Uh, but it's about not allowing those things to stop us or to hold us or prevent us from moving forward. It's about forgetting the former. It's about focusing on the Father, seeking God, looking to God, listening to God, being open to what God is doing, even if that's unsettling, unnerving, even if God wants to take us out of our comfort zone and take us 
into a new place that maybe we don't feel as comfortable as we did in the old place. And then it's about having faith in the future. As we move forward, we do so with God. We have that promise, that repeated promise in Scripture that God is with us. That God loves us. There's a great phrase in the, in the, in the film and the book, The Shack, um, that the character of God, Papa, uses that says, I'm particularly fond of you. And uh, the guy in, in one scene, when he's getting a little bit frustrated from God about God, he says, is there anybody you're not particularly fond of? And God thinks for a moment and says, not really, no. And it's great, isn't it, to know, um, you know, that God actually cares and loves you more than you could ever realise or understand. And that God doesn't leave us, even when it feels like we're abandoned by God. God doesn't desert us. God is with us. Sometimes we don't perceive it. Sometimes we can't see it. And that is troubling and concerning, but it doesn't mean that God isn't there. So our faith is not in ourselves. It's not in the church as an organisation. Our faith is in God. And it's him that we're seeking. And we're looking for this new thing. And then when we find it, we're going to embrace it and go with God. 